Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Thank you for joining me on another episode on this Sunday afternoon, evening. Um, glad to be here with all of you as, you know, we kick off the week. And uh, last time I, I think I had my last talk was probably, I think, Mother's Day. So I think it was about time. <laughs> um, although sometimes I'll admit um, I don't always feel like it, you know what I mean? Um, you know, really I don't. So, um, there are days where I just feel out of it. I feel like there's not a lot to talk about. I feel like, um, you know, who would want to listen to me? You know, a, a variety of different things, you know? Um, so let me get started, um, with my tradition of my song. And let me um let me play this one. This one's uh you know one I like. It's called Second Chances. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I've heard it before, but I just felt like I had to had to download it. But hopefully you enjoy it, and it's um and let me know what you think. Okay, all right. Second chances, right? I I like this song. You know, I think it's a good song. Um, I forget the name of the group. Now it's drawing blank. <laughs> I just had it on the tip of my tongue, um, but it's okay. Um, uh, oh, Shine Down. That's right, Shine Down. And I often think 
and I look at that music video and and I encourage you guys to all watch it when you have a chance. It, it's it's a song from 2008-2009. Um they're a rock group. They still make music luckily. <laughs> but this one particular song um I'll look at the lyrics here. It says, my eyes are open wide by the way I made it through the day. I watch the world outside by the way I'm leaving out today. Well, I just saw Haley's comment. She waved, said, why are you always running in place? Even the man in the moon disappeared somewhere in the stratosphere. Tell my mother, tell my father that I've done the best that I can to make them realize this is my life. And I hope they understand. I'm not angry. I'm just saying sometimes goodbyes is a second chance. Please don't cry one tear for me. I'm not afraid of what I have to say. This is my one and only voice. So listen close. It's only for today. Right? That's part of the lyrics, right? So when you, when you think about um, second chances, and you think about have you gotten second chances, what are those second chances like? Is it a second chance at a relationship? Is it a second chance at a job, at a career, a second chance at, you know, having kids? You know, well, you know, there's a variety of second chances out there for, for many of us. And if we don't take those second chances, right, we regret it. We regret it. And I should have took my second chances. And I'm not saying I haven't gotten them since, I would say, my youth, my 20s. Certainly my biggest second chance was living through my suicide attempt back in 2007. And that was the biggest second chance I can think of, right? Since then, have I gotten a few second chances? I believe I have, right? I have. Some things we don't really think about as a second chance, right? In my career, I feel I am getting a second chance to take my life in a new direction. And I'm just, I just have to be patient because I finally see things happening. Knock on wood, it stays that way, right? I always feel like the rabid dog that you feed and you want to get near him and he wants to chew your hand off. I, I used to have a dog named Smokey, right? Smokey was a, a sheep dog. He was, I think I was probably around maybe 12 years old. I'm trying to remember. He was black. We also had uh, another dog. She was a collie-like dog, a mixed collie. And um, Smokey, whenever we used to feed him and we got near him, he would growl. 
and there were times where we, we never got too close because we didn't we never want to take chances, but we would act like we were going to take his food away. And he would growl and he would bark and he would get really angry. And then we just left him alone, right? And let him enjoy his food. Um, you're like, what does that have to do with second chances, right? <laughs> um, you know, it, not nothing really in the sense, but you just think about, you know, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I forgot my train of thought. Um, you think about second chances in your career, in your life, and if you're going to get a second chance. Some of you out there who may listen are older, maybe elderly. Maybe, you know, you're young, you're in your 20s. Being someone who teaches so often to young students, I envy them in a way because many of them are in their 20s. And they don't, I don't think many of them realize how important they're young. And I don't think they realize, you know, again, what I was saying, how important youth is, right? That society will treat you differently as you grow older, especially when you get into your 40s. They treat you as almost like a has-been. And some of you may say, well, that's not the case with me. I'm over 40, and I've never been treated like that. Well, let's look at a different perspective. Um, what's your skin color? What's your, what's your ethnicity? What's even your religion? Well, I'm Caucasian, blue eyes, blonde hair. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere, right? And I know many people don't really like to talk about this, about the race talk, right? But history has shown that society has favored people who are Caucasian. They don't necessarily have to have blue eyes, but just Caucasian in general. Where history has also shown and facts have shown the, the vast differences of how, let's say, minorities, blacks, Asians, Latinos are treated in the job market in general and in life. You know, you, you often listen to the news about um, how African-Americans, black people feel about how they're treated in society, that they're not treated as respectful, they're not given as the same opportunities as other people, as Caucasians, as they make that comparison, right? Is it true or not? It could be. Maybe white people don't see it or Caucasian people don't see it because maybe the reality is they think that everything's on the up and up, everything's fair. But it's really not. If you look deeper into, you know, those cultures, those ethnicities, if you look at the, the jobs that people do, how people just generally treat them, they treat them with the utmost greater respect and trust, you know. Now, I, I come from uh, an ethnic background. My, my family is partially Mexican. I have Puerto Rican, I have Polish. My mom was very fair-skinned. She was white. She had green eyes. 
Um, my father was more tanner, I guess you could say darker skin. Um, my sister takes after my mom. I take after my dad's skin color. And, and I've seen differences in how people treat me growing up. Part of the reason I, I think that people have treated me, I think, in my opinion, poorly is part of that had been due to my weight. I was heavily overweight for most of my childhood into adulthood. And people just look at you differently. Add on to the fact that, you know, my my ethnic look, I could say. I mean, if you were to see a picture of me, and which many of you, if you go to Joseph create josephmeyercreatives.com there's a picture of my profile and you'll see me and and you know some of you may say ah oh, you look okay you know personally I wish I would have had a lighter skin tone but hey I have no choice <laughs> I, I have no control over that right um so it's just something to think about but I have seen differences in how people treat me now, has it stopped me of my career for jobs or positions? No, I don't believe it has to a certain degree. But there probably have been areas where I could have gotten promoted and didn't. Where I have seen truly, skin color has become into a factor. Um, one thing I do see is um, my wife who works in the food services industry. I believe she's heavily discriminated against because she has a darker skin tone because she's Salvadorian and most of her uh, co-workers are Caucasian right or they have a lighter skin tone and oftentimes they're treated in a way that they're you know given preferential treatment for promotions for just a day-to-day job of tasks to do right and It's breaking her down, you know, breaking her down and she feels bad. Her body, as she's a little older than me, it's because she does a lot of physical labor. It's tough on her. And I try to be understanding. I try to support her. And oftentimes she says, I don't understand. And maybe to a certain degree, I don't. But I understand when it comes to how people treat people. But she wants a change, and I support that. But I certainly don't want her to make any rash decisions to just quit. And maybe that's the bad part of me that I try to encourage her just to keep, just be patient, apply for jobs, and she'll get something else, right? But the fact is that she doesn't always know what she wants to do. She doesn't want to work in food anymore. Maybe, I don't know. And I try to give her ideas, but she doesn't really know. She's under the assumption that, you know, other employers are, you know, discriminate, you know, treat you differently. And I tell her that's not the case, right? It's not. Every employer is very different. But, you know, I, I, I do believe... Do we live in a fairly, I don't know, discriminatory and racist country? Partly, I believe we do. You know, and and they say this is the land of opportunity, but um, not everybody gets a fair shake. 
you, you have two candidates, two people who may have the same education, same backgrounds or similar backgrounds. One is Caucasian, one is black or Hispanic or another ethnicity. Are they going to get the same opportunity? Is the exact same pay? Probably not. And, and, and history has shown, statistics have shown that that's not the case, right? Or that is the case, excuse me, that they don't get the same benefits, the same pay. They're not even treated the same. You know, which is unfortunate that people have to treat one another like that in the workplace. These are things that some people don't really want to hear. Because people don't want to, you know, admit that we have a problem here in our country. And it's only getting worse, you know. I'm not going to say I'm a Democrat or a Republican or anything like that. I don't really follow a political party. But the truth is that, you know, like when Democrats speak, for instance, they speak a lot about race. They make a, uh, you know, I'll say it like this. They make a federal case out of it, right? Because of inequalities. You know, and that's many times who they're fighting for. To, to allow the, the man and woman to get a higher, a better chance. Ultimately, I have to believe one thing. That God is the one in control. And I believe that. God. Not you, not I, but God. He has the opportunity to sway people, to change people's opinions. Um, I don't know. You know, in all honesty, I don't know how much... God cares in the sense of our culture because when Jesus was alive they had their own culture and I often like to think that um, everything that we see today is nothing new as the Bible says Jesus has seen it all discrimination hate I mean obviously he was hated he was hated for the man he was, for religion purposes, uh, for being a, for, for being Jewish. You know, there's a list of things that he was hated for, right? Some people just you, you may be the most intelligent person, the most educated, and if you have the wrong skin color, you're hated. It doesn't matter what you did or what where you've come from, so to speak. You're hated. And, you know, people will try to always say, well, you know, uh, just like a, in the case of the, uh, you know, Buffalo shooting recently, Buffalo, New York shooting, which was in a supermarket, people were just outright claiming, well, that wasn't racism. That was just a, an unsound man, a mentally ill man. It wasn't really about race, but there's a manifesto that backs up that his hate for race. And his love for Nazism, I believe. That's what I've heard. And, you know, white supremacy, right? So that is something that's destroying our country from within. It exists everywhere. It exists everywhere we go. In every industry, police, fire, um, finance, wherever. 
it lists it lists everywhere it, in every company that we work for now i'm not saying that companies in a sense are racist but the people there usually the people at the top usually those who make decisions tend to have those type of attitudes at times right i, I don't want to generalize and say everybody does because obviously that's not true um but it is something that we need to look at we need to pay attention to that oftentimes people forget these are heavy topics you know thinking about diversity thinking about racism thinking about discrimination um oftentimes people don't want to talk about it you know everybody there should be an open discussion about it but the problem is with open discussions is people get angry people don't want to not necessarily accept what you tell them or say or your beliefs they get angry because they don't believe they don't agree with it and we don't necessarily have to agree right none of us have to agree but oftentimes people want to force you to agree with their thoughts their opinions their views their values right and that's unfortunate cuz we should never have to be forced to agree right but there are some good there are good things in society there are good things in this world but although this world is temporary right this world is temporary jesus will come back eventually we don't know when but he is going to take up this world destroy it and start over again at one point but there's events that have to happen you know the rapture the second coming uh, things of that nature right so we as people need to continue to be kind and i know it's not easy people frustrate us the frustrating thing sometimes is my wife who goes to these things i try to give her advice support her but she says i don't understand i don't understand what she's going through a lot of it's bullying things that she goes through things that maybe i don't understand right but i want to support her so she can go to her job every day and be okay right that's what i my hope is these days go so quick you know they really do i mean this weekend goes so fast like a like a blink of an eye and then back to work and back to teaching and the days are long sometimes and i'm tired i really do get tired i don't know what else to do anymore you know sometimes i really do believe and not that i would ever do anything but i do believe sometimes my wife would be better off without me around <laughs> 
she would have more freedom. Especially, you know, but I know that's not the right thinking. Because my daughter would still need me and she would need me. But those dark thoughts come into my mind. And I try not to let them in. But they do. They come in. I'm just a human being. Where depression seeps in, anxiety seeps in, those thoughts seep in. Would I ever act on them again? I don't know if I would. And I know it's scary to think like, well, you don't know. You, you, that answer should be no. You're not going to act on those things. Right? All, all I could say is that if there was a point where, it, I don't know, if I felt like my family would be better off without me, then maybe I would consider it. But some would say, well, when, when would that ever be? What kind of scenario? I don't know. I really don't know. All we can do is just live our lives. You know, live our lives. But this next song I'm going to play here is more of a, a, a sorry to my wife, right? I like this song. It's by, I think, Buck Cherry. But let me play it. And I think many of you have probably heard it. Everything. 
You know, we always say, we should say sorry more often, you know, to those we love, to our family, to our friends. Growing up, I was always saying sorry a lot to people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And then somebody just said, stop saying sorry all the time, Joseph. I always felt at fault. I couldn't help it. You know? That was just me. That was how I was raised. But I do, um, I am sorry. If there's one thing I'm, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for being imperfect. I'm sorry for my flaws. I'm sorry for that there's certain parts of me that can't be better for those people in my life, like my daughter and my wife. Just being a better man, and I, I try. I certainly do try to be a better man. To love more. To be kinder. My heart is not the same like it was so many years ago, and that's not to say I don't love my wife. Of course I do. I love her more than I did when I first met her. But I've changed who I am. I'm not the same Joseph I was five years ago or seven years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You know, I was um, recently for the last couple of weeks, I've been um, clearing out the garage and going through a lot of papers that I brought from my dad's old house. So I lived at my father's off and on throughout my life. Um, Primarily, I lived when I was till I was about nineteen to about twenty-seven years old. I know that seems like a long time. I lived at my dad's house until I committed suicide or attempted to, anyways. After that, my mom wanted me to move back with with her, with the devil, my grandfather. Lived there for a short time, and eventually, I got married, met my wife. Um. Then we moved into our own apartment in uh, Temple City, California. And then we eventually moved to Rancho Cucamonga, which is where we are now. But then we moved back to Los Angeles to my father's old house. And I'll never forgive myself for that because I was going through a stage in my life where I was completely tired of the field, the job that I was in, and I had a family to raise, a wife to support. And I left our one-bedroom apartment in Rancho Cucamonga. We, we, we basically live in the same building, but we lived in one bedroom back then, and we live in two bedrooms now. And I moved everyone back to Los Angeles with my father. And um, it was difficult. Because that house, when we went back there, because I didn't go there very often, it literally looked like a crack house. My father is not very clean, I'm sorry to say. It's not gonna, it's not his strong suit. So the floors were dirty, the, the bathtub was dirty, the bathroom was dirty, everything was a mess. There was, you know, 
dog crap and cat crap and laying in there and there was roaches and bugs and you know I'll be honest growing up in that house there are always water bugs and roaches always even as a yellow boy there always used to be them and these things were huge and I hate them I hate them and um, it was a disgusting way to live because there were times where I would a little boy go and get my cereal and there'd be roaches in it there'd be roaches in the microwave and it was a disgusting way to live and seeing just talking about it thinking about what I took my family back to my daughter was probably around two and she had to live through that and even today she has trauma of those things even seeing them and we don't have them in our apartment but she sees them outside obviously and she freaks out she freaks out and those are something I'll never be able to get away from back then when we moved back into my father's house there was a reason for that it was because we were going through financial hardships i was working two jobs my wife wasn't working she was taking care of our daughter but it still wasn't enough i had a car i had rent i had bills it was very stressful but i tried my best but we moved in with my father and in all honesty i i, I don't if I was with anybody else, I probably would have gotten a divorce because that, the woman probably would have divorced me, having them put in that kind of situation. But my wife did not divorce me. She stuck with me. We did the best we could to deal with that situation. We really could, right? Father sold the house a few years ago. I that place would be like my storage basically so everything that I've ever had was stored at my dad's house from papers to clothes to you name it it was there it was there and there was certainly a spirit there that lived in that house and still probably does to this day unless the new owners rid of it but anytime I would go to that garage I would break out in rashes. I would break out in hives. Something in there would just make me want to itch. Something would bite me. Something, there's just, I don't know what it was. I can't explain it. So a lot of those papers I kept, and you may say, well, what, kind of, what, what are you talking about, papers? Um, mementos, things from high school. I would carry a lot of books. Like a lot of my textbooks, um, up until a few weeks ago, I had saved a lot of my textbooks that I had 20 years ago when I was in college. And I just hold, held on to them. And I, this couple weeks ago, I was like, you know, Joseph, I, I think it's time to let them go. So I recycled them. I put them in the recycle bin. And I think that's in the most appropriate place because it's going to be recycled, right? It's not trash. And at least they'll turn that paper into something better, right? I, I, I really considered this because I was like, well, who would want a 20-year-old textbook? 
book. And, you know, and some of you may say, well, Joseph, you shouldn't really throw those things away. Just hold on to them. And that's the problem. See, you guys, I held on to things so long that I'm never going to use them. No one's going to ever read them. I'm never going to reference them. And that's what makes it really difficult, right? Um, so I, I recycled them. And so I've been doing that. And this last couple of weeks recently, I have been recycling um, papers that I've held on to. Like there were literally boxes and boxes of old papers, junk mail, receipts, you know, personal information, cards, pictures, you name it. They're all there. So for the last couple of weeks, I've been going through it. And like most of that is trash. Most of it is like old mail. Some of it is like years old. And But there's also some, some within that, there is some... Um, Some cards, there's some mementos that my mom had provided me. There's uh, some pictures. There's a lot of good things in there that I don't want to throw away, right? Especially like I'm a big, I hold on to cards, birthday cards, anniversary cards, any kind of cards. And a lot of them, many of them were from my mom to us, to me. Some of them birthday cards were from my sister. I found one birthday card, I think it was from the 90s. And that's how old this stuff goes back to. I, I found a lot of my old, and this was last time, found a lot of my old stories from when I was around 12 years old in there that I took out because they were going to get tossed out. Uh, there are a few things when we moved, my dad moved, that I highly miss and I regret not getting that got tossed in the trash. One of them I remember, I know it's silly, but one of them was a... a like a book I probably had from kindergarten, which I did all my alphabets in there. Got that tossed in the trash. There was also my Letterman jacket. I had a Letterman jacket from high school that my mom had purchased. And it was really nice. It had patches. It had a nice, had my last name on it. And it was because I was a, a manager. I was a water boy, basically. So, um, But that jacket meant a lot to me. But unfortunately, I just forgot about it. And I think about that jacket often, you know. I really do. Um, but these are things that I, I have to let go of, right? So today, you know, when going through those papers, I, one of the reasons I'm also going through that stuff is because we recently just got a new car, uh, 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. It's a little bit wider than our Sportage that I once had, 2013, but it was time. Although the 2013 Sportage was not breaking down or anything, it didn't have AC in there. Um, it, it, it would have cost, I think, about 1500 to $2,000 to fix the AC. But it was always something going on with that car eventually. Um, the engine blew, not that I blew the engine uh, about a year prior. And that was, it was a Sportage defect. So they put a new engine in there. And it already had 154,000 miles on it. 
but the new engine obviously that I would say that starts the clock over again in a way right um, but it was a running car you know mo most people would probably say oh, I'm just gonna keep it if I was single if I didn't have kids if I didn't have a wife I probably would have kept the car you know I really would have but my family needs a car right um, something that when we go driving to we could take trips in it, it's not that it was unsafe or anything it's just that it made it very difficult to travel long distances because if it was like during the summer or something, it was very hot. We would have to leave the windows open, literally, to get any air in. And who wants to drive like that? You know, I certainly don't. But these are things that really came to our decision. It's very nice. It had leather seats. It's, 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 I'm spending more on this car than I ever spent on any car. But it's well worth it, I think, in my opinion. It, it's going to be an investment because we don't drive as much, or at least I don't. My wife doesn't drive. Um, and I don't say that in a disparaging way. It's just she doesn't drive. She's afraid to drive. I and mean, luckily, her employers don't li work too, you know, they're not located too far. So I just drop her off and pick her up. So these are things that, you know, that's part of our life, right? That's part of our life. But those those things don't bother me, right? But what was I saying? Oh, the new car, right? It's great. It has, you know, sensors all over, cameras all over. It, it's 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 a nice car. It's well, I think it's an investment. And I'm hoping it will last us many, 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 many years, right? So, I think about, you know, what's happening in life, right? Work is going well. Same old, same old, as they all say. I'm, I'm preparing for my project management certification. It's called PMP exam, which is June 4th. And that's coming up. So I think I should be fine there. Hoping I pass. <laughs> it's just meant to add on to what I do here at my job. Just adds another element to things that I learn and add to be a, a more of a professional where I'm at, right? Things I have to do to keep going, right? The other important news is that I finished incompleteness finishing editing my book in a way um, took me about I've been writing it since 2018 I think I finished around October 2019 the first draft and since then I've been editing it right editing and editing you know so it's been a long arduous process <laughs> um, now I would like to certainly work in the next level and, and try to query it for an agent if I have possibility. But that's going to be a long process. Most likely what I will do eventually is query agents, but also work on writing my next book. Right? 
I'm not really sure what I want to write about yet. In all honesty, I think my next book, I want it to be about like the circus. I don't know why. (laughs) Something fantasy written. Um, Whimsical, I guess you could say. I don't know yet. Um, Over the last couple of years, I've written blogs about life in the circus from yesterday till today. So I've done a lot of my own little research on the side about characters, people, the freaks, P.T. Barnum, obviously. Um, And I've always found a great interest in the circus. And one of the books that I always remember, and I've only seen the movie, I, I think I need to read the book, I really do, is Water for Elephants, right? I think that's a fantastic book, but I have to read it. Um, but it's kind of like I have to get in the mood, right? Um, the last book I, I, I put down, um, I was reading Harry Potter, and I was trying to read those in order. <laughs> but some of them are quite long, and they're good books, don't get me wrong. They are good books. Um, but I just have to create a habit of breathing every day, and sometimes I don't. I, for those of you who don't know, I, I have Monday through Thursday, I'm working and teaching. So usually I work throughout the day, teach from 6 to 10 p.m. or around 6, lecture from about 6 to 8.30. And then there's like a period where I, students work on their homework and all that. But we, we officially finish off at 10 completely, right? Um, and that's Monday through Thursday. And then usually I get to to write on my own th- Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, right? And then we go from there, right? So, you know, that's what keeps me going, keeps me busy, right? <sighs> well, let, you know what I was going to read here? Actually, I always like to read this, the devotional for today, right? And today is May, May 22nd. All right. So this one is God's always faithful. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come with you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. First Samuel seventeen forty five. When the army of Israel faced the giant Goliath, they were dismayed and afraid. None of them had the courage to face their enemy's champion. None of them except a young boy named David. When Saul doubted his abilities to face their enemy, David told them that he believed God would deliver him from the hand of the Philistine. Growing up as a shepherd who had to protect his sheep, David had faced obstacles in the past, and God had helped him overcome them. When David was saying to Saul, I was, I know God provided for me in the past, therefore I must trust him to provide for me now. Our past experiences prepare us for what we will yet face. Yet every challenge we overcome with God's help, the more he prepares us for the future. David could look back and see how God has provided for him, so he had no doubt God would provide for him with what he needed to defeat Goliath. As we face obstacles, we can always remind ourselves of God's faithfulness by looking back at what he has already done. To help us accomplish, you know, these are messages that, you know, again, these are from Strengths for Today by David Jeremiah. It says devotionals, and these are things that that I I have to try to remember. I certainly do, and I know they're difficult sometimes. We forget that, um, to remember that. 
But other than that, everybody, I think um, I'll probably end a little bit earlier today than normal. But that's okay. Because I said my piece for today. Hopefully all of you take in what I've said. And I just want to take this time to, to have this conversation with all of you. Hopefully all of you are having a good weekend, a blessed week. Stay positive. Be motivated. Don't give up. You know? As in the words of Rocky, it ain't how hard you get. It, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving. And, you know, that's Rocky right there. So, one of my role models, so to speak. <laughs> um, but anyways. Um, let me end this with this song here. From what we started off with. Hopefully all of you have a great weekend. Until we talk again, thank you for spending your time with Just Chalk with Joe Meyer. Have a great weekend.